Ellen here, and you're listening to The Growth Tribe. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Growth Tribe podcast. I'm coming at you from Marrakesh, Morocco. I don't feel like it's fully dawned on me the fact that I'm in Morocco, that I am in Africa right now. We are in month 11 of my 12 months of traveling. And if the first 24 hours have shown me anything, this is going to be an adventure and a challenge of a month. And I cannot wait to reiterate some of the stories to you guys, because I'm sure there are going to be many about culture shock, about being challenged by that culture shock. And hey, maybe some of these stories will make it into my upcoming book that I'm writing. I actually don't think I've told you guys about that. I'm writing a book about uh, some of my experiences traveling this year and some of the ways in which they've helped me grow. But ultimately, that is not what this episode is about. This episode is about silver linings and finding those silver linings and those lessons in some of your most epic fails. And today, I'm going to tell you about one of mine. And it's something that happened in September of this year. And it's taken me until now, until this first full week of November to kind of wrap my brain around how I felt about it and really what some of the silver linings were because sometimes it's just difficult to find those when you're in the thick of trying to bounce back from a failure. But this story actually doesn't start in September. It starts a few years earlier. So I'm going to take it back to 2014. So some of you have heard this story before, but really we're taking it back to when I was in graduate school. In 2014, I was in the second semester of my first year of my PhD program. And I'm not gonna reiterate a lot about the PhD program, but I am going to talk to you about coaching because for me, my taking coaching seriously and me realizing the role I wanted coaching to play in my life started in April, 2014. Uh, Prior to that, I had found myself at kind of a low point in my life and wanted to find some semblance of control and some semblance of something that I could give myself to make me feel powerful again, to make me feel strong again. And I'm a person who's always been, you know, very athletic. And for me, physicality has always, when I feel good physically, I feel good in a lot of the other parts of my life. It makes me feel mentally strong. It makes me feel emotionally strong. So how I kind of dealt with some of these emotional difficulties I was having was to really throw myself into a fitness program. And at the time it was insanity. Yes, insanity. And literally there's no more appropriate name for that workout program than insanity because it is insane. But I threw myself into that workout program. And when I was done, I had a friend reach out to me, a friend from... We actually hadn't spoken since high school, since the end of high school. We'd played soccer together and she reached out to me and started talking to me about this coaching opportunity. And I don't really feel like who the coaching opportunity was through is is really relevant to this conversation. So I'm not really going to talk about that. Um, But she got started talking to me about this coaching opportunity and Originally, I was at a point in my in my journey, if you will, where I never even occurred to me that I could coach people. Never even occurred to me that people would give a shit 
about what I had to say because I didn't feel like I had anything to offer. I was still figuring so much of my my life out, my fitness out, you know, just myself out. I I wasn't at a, a time in my life when I felt confident, when I felt clear on, you know, who I was and what I wanted. There was a lot of insecurity there and it was coming from a lot of different directions. So it never occurred to me that I could coach, but there was a discount available and I'm all about saving me some money. So I signed up for the discount. And kind of at the time, there was a little bit of an expectation that you start coaching people. And I was scared and I did not feel ready, but I did, I had some friends who had asked me, you know, what kind of a workout program are you doing? Like you've, I see you've lost weight. And so they started asking me these questions. So I answered them. And next thing I know, I was coaching, I think there was four or five of us through our coaching, our, our workout program. I was leading these women through this workout program. And during that time, I had probably one of my biggest aha moments and epiphanies in terms of how I could feel about myself. And it was like a silly cliche moment of essentially where somebody told me that they thought I was attractive. And instead of what had been my MO for so much of my life of brushing off that comment or thinking there was some ulterior motive or deflecting it, not only did I say thank you, but I had a voice in the back of my head that was like, you're damn right I'm cute. <laughs> Which had never been a reaction that I'd gotten from myself, but I, I had that reaction. I started to feel all of what physical empowerment and also mental and emotional empowerment can do for someone. You know, at that point in time, not only had I been, you know, really, really engaged in my physical fitness for about six to eight months, but I'd also started engaging in personal growth and personal development. I was reading a book or listening to a podcast or an audiobook every single morning. And I started to see the effects that it was having on my life. And I realized that I, I had to share that. I had to share that with people. And that was when I really, really started thinking about, oh my God, I could coach. I could impact people in this way. And over the next couple of years, you know, I, I dilly-dallied in coaching. I, I would dip my toes in and then I would dive in head first and then I would be like, shit, this water's too cold. So I would jump back out. It's <laughs> the best analogy I can come up with for my approach to coaching. Because I think on some level, I really, really didn't feel like I could lead. I didn't feel like, yes, I'd had these, these experiences. Yes, I'd seen these results in myself physically, emotionally, mentally. And other than sharing what I'd done, I didn't really feel like I could help people in any other way. So I never really took the plunge and never really went in 110%. But I had these huge ambitions. I had this, you know, I remember I had a dream when I was, I was like waiting for a coaching call to start or something. And I laid down on my couch and I had the most vivid dream I've ever had in my life. And it was basically a visualization of my ideal day. And I remember a part of that was coaching. And it was, it was me sitting at my desk and having these incredible conversations with people and, and feeling this, this visceral reaction to the transformation I was seeing in them. I remember you know, having like this thousand person community that I was engaged in and I was leading. And I remember having, I think I had lunch with some of my clients and, and we were touching base and laughing and just, I, I, 
I was looking at myself from the outside as if I was, you know, a spectator of this future life of mine and I was glowing. And I, so I started developing these huge ambitions as a coach, but I never really dove in. You know, I wanted that, that, you know, full-time big coaching income, but more than that, I wanted that kind of impact on people, that impact on people that resonated so much with me that it made me glow that I got a visceral reaction from it I had all of this ambition but I never did anything with it and then you know September 2016 I left graduate school because ultimately and it really I didn't leave graduate school to coach per se I just left graduate school because I knew it wouldn't give me the kind of life I wanted Essentially, you know, and this isn't anything negative against anybody who, you know, I went to graduate school with or that I worked with as a graduate student, but I just looked at their lives and knew it wasn't what I wanted. I wanted something different, not necessarily bigger, not necessarily better, just different. And that's why I left graduate school. But after I left, I started looking at coaching again. I started looking at coaching in a different way. It became less about fitness and became more about personal growth. However, somebody wanted to manifest that if it was through fitness, great, but personal growth to start achieving the goals that we wishfully dream about on our couches, you know, to start moving toward that. Because I realized that that had been the biggest issue with me pursuing these goals is A, I'd been second guessing myself, but B, I'd never taken any intentional and ultimately consistent action toward making that happen. I mean, we belabored momentum. I did a whole episode on why momentum is so important, but I hadn't been engaging in any momentum, in any really intentional action to move my vision of being a coach forward. So after I left graduate school, after I moved home, I had an opportunity to get some high performance coaching. And I originally just jumped in it to do a self-guided program, but as I worked my way through that program, I was contacted by the company who ran it and essentially offered a really, really sweet one-on-one coaching package. And so I said, why not? You know, I was ultimately engaging in this year that I knew would be incredibly transformative in this year of travel. Why not couple that with some very, very intentional personal growth and some very, very intentional transformation on a personal level as as opposed to you know the kind of transformation which is still personal but the kind of challenge and change that can happen through travel this is more of a changing my mindset changing my mentality and really having somebody hold me accountable to all of these things that i talked about for so many years and that for me is really when the game started to change because this is the thing and i've done episodes on coaching but for me what i found with coaching was that she gave me that kick in the butt I needed. My coach gave me that kick in the butt I needed, but she also gave me the support. And in the context of this year, which I just felt so free going into this year and in this year, I feel like I have so much freedom from, you know, expectations from some of my own, you know, identities that I've been struggling with and that I'm still definitely struggling with, but there's so much freedom inherent in this year. And I felt like going into it, I needed to grab that with both hands. So I started working with a coach and we set some huge freaking goals for this year. And one of my goals was to be a full-time coach by the end of the year. I had never worked one-on-one with a client. I'd never created a coaching program. I'd never done 
I wasn't certified, but I wanted to be a full-time coach by the end of the year. So I set some huge goals for this year. And partway through the year, I started talking with another friend who was a business coach. And this game plan then turned into not only am I going to be a full-time coach, but I'm going to launch my program this year, my online coaching program, which I'd actually been working on for probably five years at that point. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do all of that this year. So I had some huge goals and I started game planning this launch of my coaching program. You know, I was working with one-on-one clients. I had, I was doing that part-time while I was a full-time editor, but then shit started hitting the fan. And that started in about July. In July, I lost my editing job. My editing job, which had been the financial support, the only financial support really that I had this entire year. It was essentially my sole source of consistent income. I lost that job in July. And suddenly, I was faced with the potential of having to leave my year of travel early because I couldn't afford it. And all of the pressure was put on my launch. And it was something I never wanted. I never wanted all of my eggs to be in that basket. But I was forced into a position where suddenly they were. And I hustled and I did everything I could think of and everything that I'd, you know, I tried to do at least everything that I'd read in these various marketing courses and how to do a program launch. And I read the book Launch by Jeff Walker, which is like the Bible of doing a program launch online. I did all of this stuff. And if any of you follow me on Instagram, at Coach Ellen, you know how that launch went. To say it was an epic fail would be an understatement. <laughs> I didn't make a single sale in that launch. And I was crushed by it. And I remember even saying when I was trying to wrap my brain around how I felt about it and trying to put it into words for the people who followed me and for the people who'd asking my parents included my therapist included you know for all these people asking me I was trying to put it into words and the best way I could have done that at the time was to say it made me question everything You know, I I felt like when I started pursuing coaching this year, after working with one-on-one clients, after getting feedback from them, I felt so certain and so sure that this was the path for me. And not only was it the path for me, but that I could really, really impact people on this path. And then this launch happened and I started questioning all of that. I didn't know if I was a good coach. I didn't know if I had the capacity to impact people. I didn't know if I could make it as a coach, if I would ever be able to do this full time, all of these, these things, I started questioning every single one of them. And admittedly, I didn't talk about it much after that Instagram post in, in early October, because I was still trying to wrap my brain around how to move forward, how to bounce back. You know, I've read (laughs) Brene Brown and her Daring Greatly and her Rising Strong and all of these these memos that say you have to take risks, you have to be courageous, and you have to bounce back when you fail. I know all about failing forward, but when you're faced with a failure that essentially threatens your dream for your life and for who you want to be, that's hard to bounce back from. It's hard 
And you know, we can, as, as I was flippantly told by somebody after I left grad school, we can, you know, have all the carte, carte blanche and, you know, positive words and inspiration that we want. But at what point does that not work? And at what point do we just become mired in our own negativity, in our own catastrophizing and questioning? I was really struggling with that in October. And one of the biggest reasons I wanted to make this episode in October, but I couldn't because I couldn't think of what the positive spin was. What were the lessons? You know, what was the silver lining? I really, really struggled to come up with anything other than to say, well, at least my program's done. And that felt like, that felt half-assed. That felt like a fallback to use that as the only silver lining. There had to be more. I knew there had to be more. And you know, that's one of the things that's the silver lining of this. I have done a product launch. I have launched a product. I now have two online courses that are available. The Pursuit of Confidence and my Life Transformation course, Life 101. But the biggest lesson that came from this is really knowing how I behave and how I handle struggle. You know, it, it was easy to struggle in graduate school because I didn't care. Like, I, I hate to be, you know, flippant about it, but I didn't care. I didn't care about anything that I was doing. If an experiment failed, I don't give a fuck. I didn't care, but I cared about this. This was my life. This was my baby. And knowing how I handled that kind of a failure and that kind of a struggle was enlightening. But also realizing the things that hindered me bouncing back was probably the biggest lesson and the biggest silver lining of all of this. I've realized, and I should have known this about myself, that as introverted as I am when I'm really, really struggling with failing and struggling with some of my negative emotions, I can't be by myself. I spin, I spin scenarios, I catastrophize. It's really, really hard for me to be by my, myself. I've, I've realized again how important it is for me to have a therapist so that I'm not by myself in processing some of these things. I can use her as a sounding board and she can tell me when I'm being ridiculous and when I'm being unrealistic and when I'm being too damn hard on myself. I, I learned all of this about how I process this kind of failure and this kind of negativity, but ultimately... I learned how many people in my life had really, really valuable feedback to give me about coaching, about my marketing, about my message, about who I could impact. I had some huge insights about my business in reflecting on this when I finally had the mental capacity to reflect on what went wrong. It wasn't fun to look back at what went wrong. I would have loved to look back at that launch and just seen dollar signs and all of these incredibly excited people who enrolled in my program, but I didn't. Instead, I saw a whole bunch of zeros and a whole bunch of, you know, advertisement dollars down the drain. But the people who engaged in my launch and saw my launch, they were able to give me some very, very valuable feedback. And I had to learn how to be receptive to it without being defensive. 
I think that was one of the most valuable pieces of this whole process for me was learning all of this about my business, about myself, because I'm, I'm sure that this is not going to be the last time I have an epic product launch fail and something that I was hugely excited about that did not pound out the way I wanted it to. I highly doubt this will be the last time this ever happens to me in my life. But this is the first time in my life that I've had such an epic fail that I cared so much about. And it was enlightening. And I think if there's a takeaway or a lesson for all of you from this, it's that failure doesn't kill you. Even the really, really, really hard failures that maybe take you a month or more to bounce back from still doesn't kill you. And even though it might seem like there's nothing redeemable about your experience and there's, you know, only the silly, stupid things like, well, at least I did it. (sighs) There's more to it than that. Like any situation, you just got to dig a little bit deeper because I guarantee you there's something you can learn about yourself. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about what makes me defensive. I learned a lot about that I can't let myself ruminate in these situations. I learned a lot about how much, even as an introvert, I need people in these situations. And I learned that I need to find ways, whatever they may be, music, workouts, therapy, you know, kick-ass Brene Brown podcasts, or she doesn't have podcasts, but her audiobook, her, her seminar that's on audio. I need to engage with that stuff and I need to engage with it quickly because mindset's everything when you're an entrepreneur and mindset's everything, frankly, when you're just trying to achieve your goals. If you let yourself get, if you let yourself fall and then you continue to kick yourself when you've fallen, you're never going to get back up. You're never going to try again. And I feel like what this experience taught me and, you know, it's something that I didn't do and that I wish I had is that you've got to get back up and you've got to get back up quickly. So all the lessons that have been learned, and maybe they're not necessarily silver linings, but failure is our biggest teacher. And this is probably one of the biggest failures I've had in a long time. I'm, I'm still traveling. I'm, I had to take a little bit of a loan for my, for my parents, and I'm blessed and so grateful that I, they're in a position to give that to me. Um. But it was humbling simultaneously. Uh, So that's a little bit about the silver linings of my epic fail. And I hope that parts of the story resonated with you. And I hope that you can learn a little bit from my experience. Because we all fail. And, you know, some of us fail spectacularly. And some of us, we keep our failures a little bit more under the radar. But if I have any advice to give to you is... Look for the lessons and look for the silver lining. And if you fail, if you crash and burn, if you face plant, get up and get up quickly. Because your one failure and my one failure are not an indication that we're not capable of achieving the thing we want to achieve. It's not an indication that we're not deserving, that we're not 
worthy of the goals we've set for ourselves. We might have to change the game a little bit. We might have to change the path. We might have to change the plan. But nowhere in your failure and nowhere in mine does it say to stop trying. So that is my story and that is my lesson for you today. And I hope you all have a great Tuesday and a great rest of your week. And I will talk to you all later. Bye. If today's show was interesting to you, let me know. Hop on Instagram at the Growth Tribe Podcast or leave me a review. It truly makes all the difference to hear from you guys. And at the end of the day, you're my tribe. I want to be sure I'm delivering content that you're interested in hearing about. So head on over to all those places where podcasts are found, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and drop a review. And if you're really digging what you're hearing, subscribe. Thanks so much for listening. And thank you, my friend, for being a part of the Growth Tribe.